Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hi, welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name's Jamie. My name's Caitlin. Yeehaw! It's a cowboy episode. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! It's going to be a big, fun cowboy. We're going to be roping them up mm-hmm. and throwing them back. That's a fishing metaphor. I just <laughs> we're going to lasso them, and then there's going to be a hole in them, but we're going to let them go. We're just sadists, and we're just trying to kill a Saturday. Right. That's how fishing works. I I agree. I was briefly an intern on a tuna boat once. <laughs> an intern on a tuna boat? That's what they said. I was just not being paid to work on a tuna boat for like a week. What? <laughs> Great. Wait, what did you have to do? It was with my mom's boyfriend. I mean, they would catch the fish in large quantities, and I would arrange coolers and later we would eat tuna okay it was not did you get credit for as an intern on a tuna boat that's the thing is like it was during the (laughs) summer and i think that they just said they called me an intern because they had no intention of paying me and i was like staying with my mom and she's like i would love for you to get to know him better and so (laughs) she's just like intern on his tuna boat so i did for like it was like maybe four days it was a bad week because you get up so early yeah that's Crazy. And they're all like, but what if you were like majoring in tuna fish in college and then you're like, I have to well, have to be clear, I was a fish major <laughs> in college. <laughs> hey, do you know what I studied? What I have a master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University. Oh, no God. big deal. I hate How to many, mention it, I hate to bring it up. Minutes into this, there's thing. <laughs> okay, Mrs. Alfred degree. Molina mentioner. That's not that has nothing to do with education, that's strictly uh, the direction of my loins point me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have like, like that, my bat signal <laughs> that compass from Pirates of the Caribbean that Jack Sparrow has. It just like points your crotch to wherever. Yeah, it lifts <laughs> <Alfred> me <laughs> airward via my crotch, and I just hover to wherever he may be. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
Welcome to the cowboy episode that became the fishing episode that became <laughs> us arguing for a second. Right. Hey, let's introduce our guest. Yay! She is a wonderful comic. You've seen her on Viceland, and she runs a very funny show in Los Angeles called Crab Apples. Caitlin Gill. Hi, hi Caitlin. Hi, hi Caitlin. Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. 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 Indistinguishable Can... Caitlins. I know. I'm You're the raspier one. I sound like I lived harder. <laughs> <laughs> How funny would it be if we were like doing a Highlander oh, yeah. episode and we can be like, there can be only one. That movie is not great for women either. No, it's and not. It's it's not good. We'd no. probably be dead just at the starting scene, <laughs> unable to compete with one another to truly establish dominance. Because who will let us in the patriarchy, you know? <laughs> you just won't even let us on the mountain to climb it. Nope. Yeah, you don't make it to the first act. Highlander sucks fabulously. I hate that movie. I love to hate it. I'll watch it, no problem. <laughs> it's only garbage. It. It's so great. I only saw it once pretty recently and I did not care for it at all. So. I have an incredibly high threshold for garbage. I really love yeah. garbage films. Like okay. passionately love B-movies. I think terrible movies sure. are great. So much fun. If entertainment is the, the, the rubric, then I am fully satisfied <laughs> to measure it by entertainment value. Sure. I love watching terrible movies. Nice. Yes. I don't think the movie we're going to talk about today is terrible. Wait, that does not really, what's, fall in. What's your favorite terrible movie to Oh watch? my god. Well, I'm a big fan of Roof Tracks and Mystery Ooh, Science Theater okay. 3000. So, uh, what kind of terrible? Well, that's uh, the, do you want like depends. big budget bad, or do you want a movie that's barely a movie bad? Or is this like I a love... Mac and Me situation? Because oh, I just saw one. It's like in Hunt of the Yeti or Searching for the Yeti. It now. stars Meatloaf for real. <gasps> you're kidding? No way, am I kidding? I love Meatloaf. Oh, you're gonna love this oh, movie. Oh, I'm a big loaf head. That's exciting. <laughs> it's it's it hardly functions when as a feature it, film. When did it come out? Gosh, I don't know. I want to put it at like a 91. It's wild because Meatloaf is an excellent actor. Well, yeah, you know, he really carries the cast in this particular picture. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, not a lot of people doing any heavy lifting. Right. Uh, the loaf really does his job. <sighs> he has a little assistant he drags around called Blubber. Uh, oh who I God. swear to God is doing a Bobcat Goldthwait impersonation. <laughs> I swear to God. I have to ask Bob if they pitched that to him, if they came to him with it, and he was he was like hard pass. And like- then they just found a guy that was like, I can do one of those. <laughs> and then they threw him in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. You can't turn down the loaf. I, I mean, you can. He was in... <laughs> Spice World, which we did an episode. He was legitimately one of my favorite films. It's so fun. <laughs> I think it is excellent part. It's like, not fun. It's so not funny. even bad. Just good. <laughs> the cameos are great. It's a movie. Of course, it's not it's, a great film that no. you're going to study from someone's oeuvre. It's just a funny, it's just well done. It is perfectly executed for what it is. It's the perfect example of a movie that could have only been made in like two very specific months. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the window was it, short. It makes no sense, but it's great. Yeah. It's, it's like a the picture of that time. It's yeah. like a still photograph that perfectly encapsulates right. a, a two-month mm-hmm. span. You're right. My my favorite, uh, I love a big-budget bad movie. Mm-hmm. And my I, Frankenstein, is one of my favorite oh. big bad yeah. oh it is it is I love when a bad movie is so sure it's gonna get a sequel oh it's, god they set you right up <laughs> the 98 Godzilla baby yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew that's Broderick the, uh, dinosaur oh. hunter that's oh, I guess I Godzilla that. is not technically a dinosaur forgive me <laughs> forgive me don't uh, don't take we, it out on Caitlin and of... Jamie in the comments that was that was other Caitlin's mistake Attack I'm other Caitlin this is your house <laughs> <laughs> Attack me in the comments. I still, I reflected on um, the one time that I got 
targeted by the steampunks oh. it's still one of my <laughs> favorite accomplishments not enemies you want to make they have no. very complicated mechanizations to come after you they do and it's like is it the past is it the future we don't know what was that is it wild <laughs> wild west are lame yeah is that, that what that movie was called but that's a yes. fun bad the steampunk like cum stain on a movie real <laughs> it's ridiculous i love it oh that's i love garbage bad. i love garbage <laughs> i know all the words to that song right we've uh, sung it oh, or I you have, have. yikes I can't oh, on this podcast. Well done. Yikes. Dude, I, that used to be something I would brag about in high school for some reason. <laughs> like, uh, just so you know. Excuse me. Guys, um, mine was you... Blues Traveler Hook. Ooh. I absolutely know all those weird words in the yeah. rap part. I definitely looked up uh, on early internet, like, beep, boop, beep, <laughs> I endured that to get to the, the real lyrics of Hook. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's worth well, it. Worth uh, this way. is too honest. Let's get to something that's not <laughs> yeah, about What are we talking about? Cowboys? We are talking about the pew, movie Butch. Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Not a garbage movie. Caitlin, yes. Uh, when did you first see it? What's your history, your relationship with this movie? This was a mm. uh, uh, dad had the remote. It came on to like Turner Classic or something sure. and he just wouldn't change it. So I endured it as a boring, long, quiet movie with like punctuated exciting things when I was a kid right. and then I rented it to try to be cool I don't know why I it, it really was just like I think I'm supposed to like this it was like an angsty teenage I only like old things <laughs> and I know all yeah. the cool ones I didn't read a book mind you this was not me going to the <laughs> library to pick out a classic this was very much I can be cool I can be smart in two hours yeah uh, <laughs> that was my Judy Garland phase all over oh yeah I, like, I don't like things that are from now <laughs> I liked what was massively popular then. <laughs> right. But I watched it again, and I don't think at the time I had a very critical eye. I just knew it was good. I'm still struggling with that as like a person in the entertainment business, if I can even say that. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> where it, I don't know where to stop being a fan and start being a critic or a, a fellow artist or entertainer. Like it changes yeah. the way you experience taking media but sure. I'm glad I saw this at a time when I didn't ever try to look behind the scenes of a movie mm-hmm. I didn't want to know who wrote it I didn't care about who directed it it just happened and it worked or it didn't work and that one worked like right. it's a very captivating environment I was kind of drawn in that had to be like 13 or 14 so I didn't know why the movie was making me want to have sex with everything but it definitely <laughs> did Well, yeah. and it, still it, does it has a lot to do horny. with it's uh, a horny movie uh, some homoeroticism between maybe the two most attractive men to have ever been born in existence. Yeah. Salad dressing and in, Gatsby. Not just in their prime, but in prime. Just yeah. just definitively. Yeah. It is prime day. That's when it we're is, recording. Is, and I think that day. is very fitting. Prime day, 7-Eleven day. I'm going to get a Slurpee two oh, seconds yeah. after this is This over. is a yeah. terrific afternoon. Oh, yeah. And then I saw it one more time. Sorry, I'm not done with my fan relationship. <laughs> uh, I saw it later on uh, after like reading more about story and film structure and like how movies are made and getting more curious about who makes good stuff and how. Mm-hmm. And looking at it from that lens, it is a it's an exceptional work. I think it's just a like it's a film school movie. Of course, you watch it. Right. And, like mm-hmm. it's one of those. It's just sort of a blueprint for a great way to do things. It breaks some rules. It makes some rules. Mm-hmm. I think it's really pretty to look. I just think it's a, it would look great if you shot it now. And it's from 69. Yeah. It, I thought of Hell or High Water. There's a few movies it makes me think of where you can really see its influence. I think you guys talked about, you guys, oh my goodness. Uh, I think y'all talked about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cowboy language. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thelma uh, Louise already, but you, there's some obvious parallels yes. that yeah. I mm-hmm. just love. It's footprints or it's little fingerprints in films later that I caught. Uh, yeah. I would like to think that 
Back to the Future 3 drew a lot of inspiration from yes. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes. I agree. I love this movie a lot, although rewatching it through the lens that we critique movies on mm-hmm. this podcast. Sure. Hey, not so great. We'll get into it. Yeah. But it's a movie I saw, I think, probably for the first time in maybe late high school. My mom was uh, a big fan of this movie. I She's wonder like, why. <laughs> right. <laughs> How old was your mom in 1969? Uh, she was born in 54, so she was a teen. Oh, oh man. This is her Titanic. Yeah. This is her <laughs> yeah. Titanic. Ugh. She's horny as hell. God damn. She's totally. soaking wet in a $1 movie theater. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Lori. Shout out to Lori. Lo- shout out to Lori. Shout out to Lori. <laughs> but, uh, so I saw it and then I, and I loved it. Again, I don't even know if it's a good movie or not. I'm just so horny for Paul Newman yeah. and Robert Redford. But I do think it's a good movie. Uh, just the banter between the two of them and their relationship is just really fun to watch. And they're so fuckable. Yes. Everyone in this movie is fuckable. Everyone Even though they're, everybody's movie. dirty, you can tell they smell bad. And I want to have sex with everyone <laughs> in every frame. All like every extra. Stinkies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You, it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. I'm not a cowboy gal. I'm not a cowboy gal. I'm not a Western gal. I'm not a, uh, generally not a, 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 a movie movies gal person. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> I didn't. I watched the whole thing. Which uh, compliments? Which thank you so much. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was long, and there was a lot of anything where there's chasing. I was like, oh, I gotta get up. I gotta, I gotta take a lap. I don't know. And and because this was my first time seeing it, I don't have any glow around it. And so I was watching it for this podcast. Oh and yeah, I was right. like really honed in on, on like waiting for the first female character to come on screen <laughs> and boy was I waiting for a little bit and then it was like oh leader of a whorehouse cool female character number one <laughs> I, I mean it's fine it's I, it's one of those movies that I just know would not be for me at any point sure, sure. yeah I think it's definitely a western but it's somebody's era ending while they're living in it like they're right. watching the sunset of their kind of heyday in time. They're trying mm-hmm. to squeeze the most out of life and they see it escape. Like, I mean, it said directly to them twice at the halfway point of the movie, <laughs> you die at the end of the movie. <laughs> You're going to die at the end. At the You die. You, you pick where, I guess. And I'm leaving before I have, but you die at the end. <laughs> and they, they know, and there's a few points where it's suggested they know, and there's something in that that I find very compelling, regardless of whether or not they're cowboys, because it's not every right. Western I love, but like the new True Grit was another yes, film uh, that yes, I yeah. would think of for this podcast, because again, it's not a lot of women, but the mm-hmm. women in the film are fascinating and yes. a very interesting reflection of the time. Because Etta, in Butch Cassidy and Sunday's Kid, is mm-hmm. also... You have to wait a long time to see her. She doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. Right. What a layered and revealing performance. And also, what other woman do you write to reflect this time? It'd be dishonest to suggest that she's some swashbuckling, fun time cowgirl. Right. Like, yeah. She describes herself as 26, single, a, <laughs> what a school quote. teacher, what? bottom of the barrel. What a quote. Yeah, that was... <laughs> It, it is weird because they do make e- the most of every line she's given. Oh, she does not have a lot of lines, Catherine but when she Ross. speaks, 
She is amazing. That was inappropriate, and I apologize. Also, she is so married to Sam Elliott and has been for like a gazillion years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's apparently in this movie. You never see him on screen, but I was watching the credits. He's the other card player at the very beginning. Like Sundance, you're cheating. And what a great opening scene. It's like the yeah. first yeah. one is Butch, like in a bank. Like, what happened to the old bank? It was beautiful. People kept robbing him. It's yeah. a small place to pay for beauty. Like, yeah. you know exactly who he is right. from the gate. And then as soon as you see Sundance, he's not cheating at cards and winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was he cheating? He wasn't cheating. I think he's just I think winning. he's, yeah. I think, I think he's just, he just wins. Oh, and then he when walks he's like, in the light. Sundance, how good are you? And he's like, pew, 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 pew. Bye bye, gun. <sighs> so. Horny. It's horny right from the, right. Oh my God. The color, like every, it's not, a, it, okay, so here's a terrible movie. This is tangential, but I promise I'm going to get back to where we were. Anybody seen Trust. Samurai Cop? No. This is a joke from Rift Rex that I'm kind of stealing, but it is a thousand percent correct <laughs> that there's a sex scene in Samurai Cop with two physically perfect, like a guy who looks like a bodybuilding poster uh-huh. and a woman who looks like a 90s calendar in an auto mechanic shop. And they begin the act of copulation and it is so absent of any sexuality, uh-huh. I, I, f- sensuality is a mile and a half away. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do you take two beautiful bodies and make them like it would an incompetent. Or beautifully incompetent filmmaker could have made that like those two men unsexy. It's possible to shoot Robert Redford and Paul Newman in a way that is unsexy. Sure. But they are perfect creatures that were caught perfectly in this film and like every step, yeah. every time you hear their boots fall, every time <laughs> like oh uh, the stupid eyes. Paul Newman's stupid oh, eyes. Oh god. And his dumb greasy hair. I just it's yeah. He is you can smell how handsome. salty they are. And He's, I wanna know about it. Yeah. He's <laughs> stupidly handsome, but but for me, so handsome that I'm like I I don't even think I'm horny. I'm just looking. Is that make it's sense? It's like a study almost. Yeah, like I tap out at a certain point of handsome. Where I I'm understand like, this that. It's like a little bit much, but I'm I, I will continue to look and but now it feels like a science project. I mean, how handsome they are is borderline inappropriate. Right. Like it's not suitable it's, for young eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not. fully clothed the whole time, but it's <laughs> inappropriate. Extremely clothed. Speaking of their clothes, and then we should also try to pass the Bechtel test in our conversation and not just Oh, about. of course. Oh. It's, I mean, it's hard in a mostly boy. Did right. I hijack and we didn't no, get no, to talk no, no, about no. a summary? Okay, good. No, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll can get... I just apologize for myself on this podcast about the representation of women in media? I am so sorry I'm occupying this space. It's, uh, you know, we appreciate we appreciate you coming forward. <laughs> Lots of clickbait forthcoming about this. Pretty brave. Yeah. I'll do the recap. Oh, sure. Story. Cap it up. Um, so we meet Butch Cassidy and his partner, the Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. And they are bank robbers. Yeah, they are. And, they're bad boys. Uh, they are bad, bad boys. But their hearts are good. That's the only life they know. Well, they knew wrestling. But they did. Oh, they, which I had to look up. Turns out that is like stealing livestock. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're bank robbers. They also rob trains sometimes. And they go to rob the flyer. Is yeah, Philadelphia Flyer, I think. And it belongs to E.H. Harriman. So they rob this train twice and take all the money poor out woodcock of it. poor little woodcock there's a little attendant in the train <laughs> there yeah who's so devoted to his job and he see he would get out of the train but he he's in the employ and he just can't see and that's my across. type right there i'm just like this is this is this is realistically where i would land <laughs> <laughs> i liked his scenes i was like because they're too hot i'm like this is my speed 
I just don't get why he was so loyal to some fucking rich dude. It was annoying to me. But it's the only life he knows. It's just more <gasps> yes. a more boring version of that. Yeah. <laughs> So Butch and Sundance and his hole in the wall gang rob this. Which is funny, train. that sounds like a glory hole gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently uh-huh. yeah. I was doing some Wikipedia-ing, uh, well. and Butch Cassidy's actual gang was called the Wild Bunch. They were not called the Hole in the that's Wall. That's a great name. But that's, yeah, that's I feel a, like that's been used elsewhere, right? Well, that, there's a movie called The Wild Bunch, oh, okay. which I have not seen, so I don't know. It is a Western, and it's about, like cowboys and maybe they're robbers i'm not sure i'll go watch that movie and then i'll let everybody know cool so anyway they they rob this train twice and then e.h harriman of the union pacific railroad develops a vendetta against butch and sundance so he sends out this team of hired like a guy who's an expert tracker and then a lawman and they start chasing butch and sundance so they're on on the lam Mm -hmm. for a while and then they meet up with Sundance's girlfriend at a place, and they're like, maybe we should go to Bolivia. There's some mines down there. We can steal their payroll. And they go to Bolivia, and everything's okay for a while, except that Bolivia, they don't like it. And then um, they're stealing <laughs> all okay, the... Except they hate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they start robbing banks down there, and then local law enforcement starts to... Get wise. They, yeah. Bantitos, Yankees. Right. Mm-hmm. So they just, uh, they can't win, and then there's a shootout at the end, and they get dead. The end. (laughs) Or do they? No, they're very much dead. They're very much dead. (laughs) But we know. We know. So that's the story. Our main female character is at a place, as we already hinted at, doesn't have a ton of screen time. Horses running in the distance have significantly more screen time than the primary female <laughs> yes, character. Right. <laughs> the, in the film. I was taking notes in in real time of like how I was viewing Etta, and here's a little. Okay, first I like that she's friends with them. That was thought number one. <laughs> thought number two. I don't know. Maybe this is dynamic. She seems nice and fun. <laughs> thought number three. All caps. I have been tricked. Etta Place is a guy's gal. I was almost tricked. I won't be tricked again. <laughs> She's a guy's gal. And and it connected with me as like, ah, oh, fuck, that's what I wanted to be in high school and I'm pissed off. When she's, like, hanging out with Butch, and they're having so much freaking fun, and she's, like, you know, on his horse, like, this is so much fun for me. And, you know, it's like, I like that they're friends, but they're, uh, man, I, I hate the, the guy's gal of, you know, she'll do whatever the guys do, because she's, she's fun. She's, you know, she's just like them. She can mm. hang, you know, and, like, that whole, oh, God, it just, it... I find it very frustrating. It, and it's not so egregious because she is not given a ton to do. And then later when they go to Bolivia, she has her role and she is playing the teacher and she's trying to keep them motivated and all this stuff. But that scene with her and Butch and then that ends with like, do you think that we we would have ended up together if I hadn't met Sundance first? I'm just like, fuck you. Like, you don't have to, I mean, they are the hottest men in the world, but you don't. Come on. Don't be a guy's gal. Grow up. I really oh, wanted no. them to be in a three-way relationship. That's what was happening. I mean, that's were, the next sh- line is, Butch, we are involved. Right, but were they, like, having sex? I don't think it's, like, I you never see who's having sex in this orgy. movie. And yet you, you kind of do. Uh, I think that Butch is, like, he's the sun. Everybody loves him. He shines on everybody. Mm-hmm. You could never expect his exclusive attention. And Sundance is this laser who's focused on her. Sundance in, is in the uh, body house uh, with the ladies of the night, employed keenly in the world's oldest profession, and yet he is not interested 
in any of the wares sold. Uh, Butch indulges adorably and freely, but Sundance goes home. Yeah. I think everybody's performance, if the movie's tone and the performances carry, everybody's pretty layered. And to me, Etta doesn't have a lot of options. The women that have already kind of slipped, uh, slipped is the wrong word. Uh, this is a terrible shitty time for women in which you could not own anything, vote, or have jobs, or do right. anything. So you either had land somehow uh, through inheritance or because you had a man to give it to you, or you found a way to make a living on your own. And the women right. who do that on the other side of the line society drew of appropriate have a camaraderie that's displayed in the film. There's a house full of women. There's oh, the a woman brothel? keeping them safe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course, that's not the way it fucking should be, but that's part of what happened. There was way for women to have relationships on kind of sure. that side of the line. And Etta is almost there. She's the school teacher with this boyfriend. She has no husband. She's right on this line where women on the other side of society's line won't talk to her. She's not cool enough to go to the brothel and chill with those ladies, but she mm. is not allowed in the church house. I think right. she's very lonely. And sure. She's lonely because she's bored with who she grew up with. She doesn't want to be with them. She goes to Libya without them. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she's just too... I don't know. There's something about her, that performance that suggests to me that she would never look down on a lady in a brothel, but also she knows she, that's not her blueprint. Like, right. She doesn't like have she's that. She's not going to... She does rob a bank. And I don't she think does. the ladies in the brothel are going to do that. It's just women doing whatever the fuck they can to not die because their husband hit him with a stick legally. <laughs> right. I think they are all involved with each other. I think they're committed to each other and like sure. They're bonded. Yeah. I don't know what the language is for it, but they, you know, they talk about vacations they've taken in the past together. The little montage moments with the still photographs that kind of flash by. There's a really right. kind of sweet series of stills mm -hmm. where everybody's having fun and dancing and then the party's winding down and it's just Sundance and Etta dancing and Butch watching and at first he looks lonely and then he smiles. I think Right. Mm, yeah. Oh, I did forget about that. Part. Yeah. She wants this exclusive sun, uh, attention, and Sundance definitely has that laser focus on her, but he's also kind of a, like, drama queen, whiny bitch. Like, yeah, he, he <laughs> there are some lines he has, and I'm like, oh, come on. There. He's sexy, he's devoted, uh, and he's very loyal, and I think he, he does love her, but, you know, he's no fun without Butch around. Right. But Butch is right. going to be fucking everything and shining on everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really thought that that was an interesting three-way portrayal of a relationship on screen. It's kind of rare. Mm. I mean, I feel like that would be a controversial relationship to portray now. We'd all be mm. talking about the thruple on some show or movie. No, that's, I, those are interesting points <coughs> that I didn't think about enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, they're so hot. Lucky her to be able to be spending time <laughs> right? with the two of them. So let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. So the first female characters we see are, I think her name's Fanny. She's like She's the, like the mom of yeah. the whorehouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she gets like, I don't know, a few moments of screen time, like hardly anything. You see a whole room full of women, um, but they're not really but they don't doing get to much. Talk to each other. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then we meet so Etta's introduction is fascinating to me because yeah. before we know that she and Sundance are involved, he is in a room in the dark watching her undress. And then she realizes he's there and she, ah, you startled me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, keep going. And then he picks up his gun and points it at her to signal her to keep undressing, right. which she does. And we as the audience who's never seen this movie before think, ah, 
she's in danger. He's a creep, a rapey rapist. And this is going to be scary. And then she keeps undressing. And then he goes over to her and like kind of starts to pull her clothes the rest of the way off. And she's like, you know what I wish? I wish that for once you'd get here on time. And it's like, oh, they know each other. Right. This was like maybe a hot thing for them. Maybe this was like a role-playing thing they do. I don't know. But it was like so uncomfortable to watch this happen where he's pointing a gun at her (laughs) while she's presumably like forced to undress. Right, but then it seems like it, it was like by the end you're just like, oh, maybe that was like pre-planned we don't know maybe maybe like or maybe this is like what they they do maybe she was like next time you come home and or i don't know when to expect you sit in the corner in the dark and then point your gun at me and watch me make me undress like maybe that's a a game they have i don't don't know i don't want to shame their weird gun sex (laughs) 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 go for it but it is weird the way it's presented to the audience of like what, what a weird place to build tension and i guess i mean plant a slight seed of doubt of like oh is Sundance a good guy or is he uh, is he about to rape this lady <laughs> oh yes. she's his girlfriend and he loves her right well he's not a rapist cool next scene <laughs> <laughs> true think, yeah like we've seen him as kind of bad guys they're charming bad guys right. but it's kind of like oh no are they much worse bad guys than I thought right. they were uh, and then a you know little switcheroo like mm-hmm. nope just this guy loves monogamy. Extra hot and into <laughs> monogamous uh, extended role play fantasy. Right, right. Yeah, that scene was was a, a little weird, but I don't know. By the end, I was like, oh, okay. Well. It wouldn't have been, I think, so bad, except that all the other scenes after that where she is in them, she is treated so poorly by her boyfriend. Yeah, he is very it's... mean to her. <laughs> Like, maybe I could forgive that one time where, like, yeah, maybe it is, like, a fantasy role-playing thing they have going on. Or maybe he's just a controlling asshole, which is what he seems to be. But only to her. Like, he and Butch is, we'll call it maybe a bromance. They have, like, a fun banter. They're they're in love. They're, Butch and oh, Sundance are in love. And oh, I love to watch love them there. be in love. For sure. <laughs> Great, and go for it. But then, like, <laughs> leave that alone. Like, yeah. <laughs> her, I, I don't know. There, there was another scene right before with Etta, because um, there's long stretches where we don't see her prior right. to them going to Bolivia. We meet her, then some cowboy shit, and then finally she comes back. <laughs> uh, but there's this scene at Etta's house, and she's on the porch, and she's, like, visibly upset. This is, like, what bugs me about this three-way relationship is she's visibly upset the whole scene in a, va- a way that's very clear to us. And no one asks her, hey, are you okay? You're, you're, mm. you're frowning a lot. And, and Butch and Sundance are talking in the kitchen, and then they come out to her. And where that scene lands is, hey, come to Bolivia with us. But, you know, one could argue they don't know how to treat women well, because it seems like no one in this era knew how to. And it was not even thought of to ask a woman, hey, what's up? But that scene was so frustrating for me. It was like, because it's this long shot of her frowning and then them presumably noticing it. We come into the middle of like, they've probably been there for a couple hours. And then they come out, they're like, 
hey, Frowny, you want to go on vacation with us? And it's just like, <laughs> fuck you. They're... Well, that well, scene Sundance plays. is a real dude. It, like, he's, an, he's not nice about it. I don't know what I was going for with yeah. dirt. I don't know what word I started or was trying to finish, but it was something. But yeah, like, I guess you can come with us, but if you get whiny, we're leaving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, oh, he's a, he's yeah, a I wanna, insider. Before they had that conversation, right when they show up, Sundance is like, do you have enough to feed us? And she's like, don't you know that I do? And it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm a good yeah, I, I have food and it's in the kitchen and I'm there and I'm barefoot. You're as strong like, and I'm a good. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's basically the first thing that he said to her, like, feed me, woman. And also in the same scene where they invite her on vacation, I was like, okay, they're not going to ask her if she's okay. She seems used to this. Then they're like, go on vacation with us. But the reason we're asking you to come is because we think traveling with a woman will be good cover. It's like, oh, okay, so she's not, they're not like, we want to You know, that's like, he's, maybe I just have a family with too much layered trauma, but (laughs) I just see it all over with Sundance that like, he loves her too much to say it out loud because he knows he's going to die and he knows he can, like, it's him that's going to get her killed. I think he's afraid of that through the whole movie. Sure. Come with us, I guess. But instead of saying, like, I fear losing you, I feel that it will be my fault if you make this choice because you love me and I love you and then you end up dying because of my actions. Like, he's not going to say that. Right. He's going to say, and... come if you want, but I'm not going to make this easy. I'm not going to make this an easy choice. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and, and it's they're emotionally repressed because they're men living in this time mm-hmm. and that makes sense to me but it's just like you know it's this whole like that's the only way we see him that well, there is kind of a tender moment right where after that. he's like don't make a big thing of this and then there's just like kind of silence between them and he's like okay, okay make, make a big, big thing, thing. and yeah. then they hug and it's like okay but i just i kind of wanted maybe more tender moments like that to remind us that he's not just a fucking and yeah i get it like they're he's a tough cowboy man he has this prickly exterior and he's not gonna like be all mushy with how much he loves her and all that stuff but just yeah he's like if you want to go i won't stop you but the minute you start to whine or make a nuisance i don't care where we are i'm dumping you flat like what a horrible thing to say to a person yeah and i know that that's like that's some realism in terms of like that's more likely than an emotionally honest conversation between a man and a woman at this time but it's just like uh and that's fine but it just in terms of like watching it, I was like, I'm I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I don't, it wasn't. And then this is this. I believe the same scene where Etta has her monologue. I wrote it down. Uh, mm. I'm 26 and I'm single and I'm a school teacher and that's the bottom of the pit. The only excitement I've ever known is with me now. So I'll go with you and I won't whine and I'll stitch your socks and I'll care for you when you're wounded and I'll do anything you ask of me except one thing. I won't watch you die. I'll miss that scene if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. And that is. I would guess probably the longest line she has in the movie and the most kind of like a thesis statement of her character, too. Which is whenever we see the scene toward the end when she's like, hey, I think I'm going to go home ahead of you guys. I love that scene. She knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I I actually, I do think, I mean, back to that scene where Sundance is being a jerk about going to Bolivia. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the line that he's not saying 
I don't think it's just a prickly exterior. I think this is when you slam the door when you're a teenager at your parents because you can't tell them what you're really thinking about. Like, I don't know, I'm afraid of boys in my body is what you're saying when it's like, fuck you, dinner sucks. Like, you know, you're being a shit because there's things you don't know how to say. There's things you don't know how to process. And I think the performance, I mean, this is a lasting film because I think his performance pushes past some of that prickly exterior, I'm using air quotes, thing to show a little bit more of what's actually happening underneath the things he can't say. I think you can see the things he can't say to her. Uh, I think the bond between them is not scary or bad, but good, and probably they both know it's rare and unique. Like, he's not going to find another one of her, she's not going to find another one of him, and that's a love story in, like, any era... And communication, emotional communication is hard in any era. Like, there's a 2000s version of this movie for robots that are like, you know, with a a sci fi version of this relationship or whatever. Yeah. This relationship is replicatable outside of a cowboy, prickly exterior movie. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't carry, if the movie's boring and you're not seeing the layer, like, yeah, it's just a guy being a dick and you don't really care about his backstory or his trauma. You don't care why he can't be emotionally articulate or mature. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you're in it with the characters, if it does suck you in, it's like, just tell her you love her, man. Come on. Right. Like, just say it. It's like a, yeah. a more beautiful moment than it is painful. If it's working. If it's not, then like, yeah, that's, you don't see the, hear the line behind the line. You don't see the emotional layers or sure. whatever. Yeah. But the scene at the end, or closer to the end in Bolivia when Edda decides to go, I think that is sweet. And different for the time to have two men say to a woman, whatever you want to do. It's what you want. I'm not going to keep you here. I don't own you. Leave because it's safe. Stay because you want to stay. There's a place for you, but we're also not going to try to make you. I just thought that was sweet. And with Sundance in that scene, it almost seemed like, you know, there was like set, but he was also a little bit relieved (laughs) that she was because. I mean, I think they sent. Yeah, he he sensed their time was up. It was like only a matter of time before they. Got dead, and then uh, right. she's like, "Yeah, he's probably thinking better that you're not here to watch us die." Yeah, that I mean that that was good that she got to be the one to say, "Hey, I'm leaving," and it seemed understood in the friendship that that was probably how it was always going to go. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just wish like just an, and for her. I mean, I feel like at the end of it, it's like an interesting time in her life to reflect on later. Where for them, it's their life, and mm-hmm. it's going to. And uh, any minute. Yeah. I wish there were, there was at least one moment where she maybe just like stood up for herself a little more. Or was like, you can't, don't treat me like that. Don't talk to me like that. Some, I mean, maybe that would have made it cheesy. And maybe it's not needed. But just because the, there's another scene uh, when they're in Bolivia. They like have just arrived and they realize mm-hmm. what a shithole it is. Sundance is complaining about it and Edda's like, I'm not sure we're accomplishing as much as we might here. And then Sundance says, listen, your job is to back me up because you'd starve without me. Just like another one of those, you're a woman and you suck and you're annoying me. But Again, what you're saying probably just you know he's lashing out don't because go. he doesn't You'll, know like yeah what else please to don't say. leave even though I brought you to a shithole with llamas <laughs> like right hang out I'm sorry there are pigs <laughs> and then Butch says something like oh you know he'll feel better when he's robbed a few banks to try to smooth things over but I don't know I just wanted her to be like I don't know from a from he, a, like just a writing perspective so that that for me was like an example of like oh here's a woman expressing her opinion as a setup for this funny goof the two guys are going to do and i yeah. know that it goes deeper than that but just like on the page it's like 
a lot of times when Etta does express an opinion, it's a setup for Butch to get a good old quip in. That's true. And that's like, ugh. I'm also trying hard. Like, I, you know, I brought this movie to the table for a podcast about women and media. And this is an interesting look that has goods and bads. And I see a lot of the goods and I've decided to buy the story the way that I want it to be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I I think that's a way to interpret the movie. But yeah, it's. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, there are movies that treat women horribly and have the women characters not stand up for themselves. and, And I hate them because of that. And yet I still love this movie sure and i think and honestly, I think this is a good this is an interesting conversation in general because usually it's there aren't as many grays in terms of how women are yeah. treated especially in a movie from this era like usually it's pretty like yeah this sucks let's list let's list it or like wow this it's moana and it's you know <laughs> like we're inspired like it, there is a lot of gray area here and yeah. there's something to the fact that like if i watch a movie where women are being portrayed in a way that's fucking ridiculous and terrible i'm angry on a social level for women like treat mm. women better what are you doing to her and in this film it's like etta stand up for yourself yeah. it's the right. character i want to see make that action which is represents an investment in the film and the story sure. that like you know it's a bigger social issue women should in general speak out for what they want and exhibit leadership and mm-hmm. do all that shit because it proves helpful it did in bolivia because uh, mm-hmm. she does exert a little bit of leadership just a little right. bit with teaching spanish you see how the sass back works there's some cute <laughs> right. there yeah but i know i'm rooting for her and mm-hmm. i know that like part of her leaving is like sundance is bad for her Sundance is not only right. like a shitty boyfriend, but he's going to get her killed. Like, sure, it's right. amazing. It's different from the rest of your life and it's fucking Robert Redford or whatever. But like <laughs> she makes a choice for self-preservation in a way that I don't think you see a lot of female characters do where she's not like, ride or die, Dom. I'll get in so many car accidents for you. And I love Fast and Furious movies. I, I love garbage. Right but, oh, I was going to refer right to uh, Baby Driver, which I recently Ooh, yeah. saw, where uh, it's like a woman who barely knows this dude is like, I'll follow you into hell. Right. And I don't know <laughs> you, but I'll... So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I like that she's like, well, I'm probably going to die if I stay here with you guys. I had my excitement. I had my fun. Now it's time to go back to the states and get my PhD. Right. That, that was another. That was another thing that impressed me about Etta's character because, like you're saying, ride or die, Dom. Like they're in big movies when they decide to take the lady along. You know, <laughs> she's there to serve a couple purposes, set up a couple jokes, maybe get one kick in, uh, and then get swatted and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> bounce off a wall. <laughs> right, and then at the end, get a big old kiss. And you know that it that is how it goes. I would also reference Transformers. Oh yeah, God. As the you know whichever whichever one happens to be in whichever movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it switches a couple times. So it is interesting to see a woman, you know, who is brought along for the ride to be like, I'm good. This seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool and like exerts. A, I felt like that exerted a realistic amount of power that she would have. Because mm-hmm. it would have been weird to see, you know, like you were saying, Caitlin, like guns blazing. Etta suddenly is like. She does though. Incredible, like. Like, she has the little, she dresses up like uh, she's one of the boys, like, literally one of the boys right. yeah, in yeah, the hat. And, and the, they're in the tree. They're in the tree. And she doesn't <laughs> shoot a person, but she does no. shoot. Uh, and I think that's on purpose. Like, I think she could shoot a person if she wanted. 
I have two thoughts, but this one's coming up faster. That Etta, <laughs> I got a little scared for Etta in the in that t- second third of the movie where she's in Bolivia. I don't know how hacks work. Uh, <laughs> and starts to maybe she's done this before. We don't know. Maybe she's been robbing banks with them the whole time. But I right, kind of right. thought when rewatching, I got a little scared that like, oh man. This is when you have sex in the horror movie. Or you know what I mean? Like this is the thing you do that gets you killed. Yeah. And I think, you know, as the film progresses, that's not the case. She's that is perfectly permissible moral territory in this story. It's when Butch and Sundance kill the robbers. Yeah. That's when fates are sealed. And at a Etta's realizing that there's she can't like they're never going to get out of this no matter what side of the right. coin they're on. Oh, because right. she's like you know there's other ways to go straight. You yeah. can be farmers, right. or ranchers, mm-hmm. and they're just like we don't uh, know how to do that. We can and steal then, cattle. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, all right, I better go. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I, I I do like that the story does not ask her to martyr herself. Right, for them. because she does. I mean, it's it's not a perfect life, but she does have a life. She has a job. And it's clear that that's not enough. I mean, a job, who is that enough for? It's independence, uh, but, but has, at a cost. Right, right. There are other ways in her life to derive purpose. And I think she realizes that enough to not like yeah. martyr herself for like her two fuck boy friends who yeah. are who are. Fun, she leaves the fuck boys. She leaves the fuck boys. <laughs> How Welcome many of us can say honey. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at the relationship between the three of them, can you imagine a Fast and the Furious where Letty also loves Paul Walker, whose name I forget in the movie, Ooh. who should just be Paul Walker? It's just his name. It's another one. It's another one syllable boy n- name that you can yell on your knees in the desert. Yeah, uh, it's not Jake, but it's basically it's Jake. It's sort of Jake. <laughs> God damn it! I love those movies so many of my. Like, yeah, I should know that. I'm going to say I should know that name, but Jake, I don't no. right now. Uh, where Letty loves both of them and they're okay with it. Right. Like, they all, there's nothing they're hiding from each other. It's just, I think that's an interesting power to give a woman in a relationship the license to, like, have emotions beyond laser focus on a man. This film mm-hmm. does not pass the Bechtel test by a long mile. I would say no. that there are essentially only three characters. Like, as much as you don't see any of the women in the brothel at the beginning, you don't, also don't see any of the hole in the wall gang beyond one scene. Right. Like, ancillary yeah. characters have a scene There's, in this movie. It's mostly B characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Woodcock twice, I think. Maybe yeah, three times? Yes. Twice. Yeah. That's my boy. But it's <laughs> the three of them. Uh, totally. I yeah. just appreciate yeah. how much emotional power she had to be able to, like, she doesn't have to, we don't see her lying to protect Sundance. We don't see her avoiding Butch because it's just too much. Like, yeah. you know. They have that whole montage together on the bicycle, which, speaking of movies that are inspired by Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man 2. I was going to say That was my Alfred connection. <laughs> That was my Alfred Molina connection for that one. Of course. Uh, parts I would have liked to see Alfred Molina play in this movie. <laughs> Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. <laughs> Etta. <laughs> yes. He's a talent. He can do any of it. He can do it all. He really oh, no, he would have been a great B character in this movie if only he weren't like whatever, like 13 when this movie came out. Right, 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 right. Rats. Oh, yeah. He, he was, he was, he was 16 when he the was movie a, came out. He was a little, oh man, I bet Alfred Molina loves this movie. I bet I'm he does. willing to bet he loves If he would this only movie. tweet back at us, we would know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are going to go on strike at some point until he pays attention to us. I do not us. support this strike. Let the record reflect. <laughs> I am going to leave town. I'm going to I'm going to leave the country. A, I'm going to go to Bolivia. <laughs> I'll get a, a, get a scab. Shot. 
I'm going to get a scab co-host. If you're going to leave, I'll stay. <laughs> a I'll scab? Get a scab. Caitlin and Caitlin. I'm pitching it now. I'm <laughs> okay. just going to scab it up. <laughs> Stepping <laughs> over <laughs> your body <laughs> on the picket line. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Jimmy. you'll never hear it. Have you then. seen Angie Tribeca? Yes. Okay, good. That's all I wanted to know. We can leave that there. Yes. I just wanted to make sure on the record that you have witnessed that Alfred Molina performance. Because I love it so much. So oh good. God, Alfred so Molina is in every... He's, he's dying up here right now. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Feud this year. He he's was killing it. He's like, everybody wants a piece of this man and who can blame him? He's a beefcake. There's enough to go around. How he much rules. Lena? More hey, Lena. Oh, love it. Caitlin, we'll leave the Freddy. building now. All right. Freddy. Wait, I got, a, I got an important... People call Freddie not Al. Oh, really? Yep. I have an important thing to say. <laughs> yes. The boat that they traveled oh, yeah. to Bolivia on oh, yeah. uh-huh. reminds me of Titanic. Titanic. Ah, oh, see, we got it in there. We have to always, the you know, there's certain SS things we have to Freddy. check in about. It is, yeah, just Titanic to make sure that we're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make another point about Edda, because you could argue that she makes all her decisions based on a man. She goes yeah. with them because, like, she's involved with them and she right. has a life there in whatever state they're in. I don't Wyoming know if it's ever... question mark? Hard <laughs> to say. No, because I think... Pretty um, flat. Uh, Lord Baltimore. Baltimore. Or no. Um, Which sounds like Lord Voldemort every time they say it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the other guy, LaFleur. Lef- LaForce La- never leaves Montana? Oh, I thought it was Wyoming. I don't remember. I don't, it's I mean, those states. Those states. It's those Yikes. ones. Hey, Where the buffalo roam. So, yeah, Edda makes this decision based on not really what she wants, what these men want and want for her. But then you could also kind of argue, well, she's like, well, this is the only excitement I've ever known. Maybe right. she's doing it for well, let's her talk own about fulfillment. Exactly what that's another thing about the character that I thought was like, oh, this is a little bit different for, for a big movie is like her motivation is not cut and dry. I have to do this because my father or my family or like mm-hmm. whatever, like it's. She's seeking out, uh, she wants something interesting to happen in her life. Mm -hmm. And she wants companions that are interesting. She just wants, like, you know, to not be bored. And that, I feel like, is a very realistic motivation that you don't don't usually see. And, And then on the other hand, Butch and Sundance, their motivations are usually a lot cleaner of, like, this is what we have to do and this is where we have to go to do it. I don't know. Because I think, like, looking at that opening scene with Butch, like... Mm. They don't know where to go next. They know that they can't, like, everything's catching up to them and it's beating them. Like, Mm -hmm. we see that happen on the chase scenes, which I love. Like, the thundering horse noises, like, as it pulls out. That built tension for me. I can also see it not working. But I I love the long chases. And part of that is, like, feeling this sense of them losing. Like... It's not going to last. The gravy train is spilling gravy on the tracks and it's going to show up empty. Like they just don't have any more options. Well, that and I I left out this scene from the recap, but there's the scene where Butch and Sundance go back to the Hole in the Wall gang Mm -hmm. and another dude has taken over. Yeah. So Butch fights him. Harvey, I think is his yeah. name. You can't want Harvey. Harvey is the guy who <laughs> plays Jaws, I think, in uh, in Moonraker in, in the, the movie James Jaws? Bond movies. Oh. I think it's the same guy. It might not shark. be, but if not, it's like a seven foot tall other guy. Speaking of Harvey, mild cherubism. That's one of my favorite movies. Harvey, I love Harvey, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, with, with James Stewart. Oh, yeah, baby. It's oh, for a second, <laughs> I, I thought Harvey was milk. Because Harvey, oh, yeah. uh, Harvey Milk, and I was yeah. thinking of Milk, and I was like, oh, I've not, I've, I haven't seen any of those movies. Well, Sean Penn's a monster. Both of those yeah. movies <laughs> are good. They're both good movies. Yeah, Sean, yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but I know. Everybody's Can we monsters. have nothing? Everybody's monsters. <laughs> Can we have nothing? But in that scene, so um, he defeats this Harvey guy, mm-hmm. Butch kicks him in the crotch and then he's hits him in the face yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so he remains their leader and then they're like well what's going on and they're like well we were gonna rob the flyer on the way there and then on the way back and he's like harvey thought of that and they're like yeah well that's exactly what we'll do like yeah. his glory days are over so maybe they're and... all searching for purpose in, a, oh, in yeah. a vaguer way that you don't see a lot i don't know like the I think that that is both something about the movie that I think is very cool and different and also why it, it didn't fully work for me just because of my own tastes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I Yeah. Well, and, and then another thing about that is that in a movie like this, especially like a Western where, to use the phrase, prickly exterior. Sure. Again, <laughs> cactus. <laughs> there, there's so many cactus men. There's like, you have your like John Waynes who like rarely showed any sort of vulnerability or was just like, oh, I'm a man and I'm a tough man. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, you see like Butch and Sundance being kind of vulnerable with each other. Sometimes like, I can't swim. I never learned how to swim. I've never shot a guy before. Like they're revealing these secrets about themselves. And and it's like, kiss. (laughs) I know. know. Just kiss already. (laughs) They tell each other their names and where they're from. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And it was just nice to see because a lot of, for this genre and for this era, there was just like, so much like toxic masculinity that was portrayed and so it was these cool guys are sad see. and they're scared and they're yeah. you know they know what's coming mm-hmm. and they can't stop it i mean it is a western but it really were like it's also a character piece like right. about three people who are intertwined in a time that's on a very finite line you know sure. they're not this movie came out in 69 69 yes. interesting to mention same year as midnight cowboy mm. oh yeah yeah mm. So many cowboy movies that year. Yeah. <laughs> the midnight kind are a little different. Some, some, <laughs> they some take the fuck people for money. <laughs> I guess cowboys did that too. Right. Who knows? I, Everybody's yeah. doing that. Well, Who's I, not doing that? I did that sex yesterday, sells, baby. Segway uh, to we haven't really talked about you the mean sex way. Sorry, sex, yeah, I liked Christ. it. I liked it. Thank you. I like every pun given to me. It hurts so good. <laughs> There's not a lot of female B characters, but I did want to talk about um, most of the female B characters that we see are somehow allied with the whorehouse. Mm-hmm. And there is one scene. It is a character with a name. Uh-huh. I forget exactly yeah. what her name is. But Fanny? It's, no, no. It's it's a girl that oh, uh, it's How Newman's am I supposed kissing. to give someone the attention she deserves? It's a funny. It's like What's Rhonda or something. It's Yeah. It's, again, using a woman as a punchline. But what is the... Da, 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 da. Agnes? Agnes, Agnes. Agnes, yes. One of my middle names, I should there's, have known. There's, you have uh, more than one? That's weird. Okay. Right? Scottish people are weird. <laughs> that is a Scottish. There's, uh, But the yeah, Agnes is like kind of like dry humping Paul Newman kind of. And this is the scene where Sundance is like working and, you know, Butch is, oh, is he butching like, around. He's looking out the window and mm-hmm. he's like, are we being yes. followed? And yeah, they're dry humping on the bed nearby. Right. And then and then Agnes is like, like we know Butch is not fully paying attention and whatever it's silly but you know like her only lines are like you're the only real man i've ever met butch and then you're just like and then she sort of like makes this weird little speech about how she's not like the other girls and he's just not listening to her the whole time where she's like you're the only real man i've ever met and like all the other girls don't understand that about you blah, 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 blah. and then he's like wait sundays what what's going on like and it's just completely uh ignoring her and it is funny 
to watch. But that is uh, maybe one of the only other lines spoken by a woman in the movie, and it's basically a joke. There's a there's another one, but before I get to that, I love so that scene ends whenever they literally like dive out the window yes. right. <laughs> because Lord Baltimore and Lord Lafors, Lord Voldemort. <laughs> He used his and Jordy LaForge have arrived. He cast a fine butch and Sundance spell, and then he finds them, and then so he so fucking dumb. Oh god! Um, But another scene where a woman's on screen and even has lines. (gasps) Whoa! Well, I'll be goddamned. Is that another Titanic? Uh, yeah. That's a Kathy Bates original. I'll be goddamned. Oh no! Wait, no, that's Gloria Stewart. Oh, yeah. And then it's Gloria Stewart's granddaughter who fucks Bill Paxton, rest in paradise. <laughs> it's, uh, remember, that's like the bit at the beginning where, oh, and Bill Paxton says it. Well, I'll they be all <laughs> Who wrote oh, that movie? Them say it. <laughs> that was, oh, God, what a rush. <laughs> I think it's Bill Paxton, granddaughter, Gloria Stewart. Uh, wow. You never stop hey, let's learning. let's just go watch... Titanic. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so a woman there. It's the second time they robbed the flyer. A woman gets off the train and is oh, like yeah. storming toward them. Yeah. She's like, "I'm a grandmother and a female, and I've got oh, my yeah. I fought liquor and I fought gambling, and I can fight you." <laughs> <laughs> and then cut to her being like restrained by Sundance with his hand over her mouth, and right. uh, so she doesn't really do a good job of fighting them. But I no. like that she makes the effort. She gets off this train. She yells at them, and I was like, "You." You go, girl. She yeah. doesn't get shot. She just no. gets put she, back on the train. What a bar to set. I know. She does not get shot. It's low. It's, it's I, low. But that again, that was another thing where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I wish that that wasn't funny, but I'm laughing. Right? Yeah. It's, it is good performances, too. Like, I, I mean, I've stopped being able to watch this as just like a movie happening to me, and it's hard not to step back and look at, like, each scene and, like, how mm-hmm. it was shot and all the choices and... I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's not enough women. The roles for women are real thin, but I think the performances and the writing was strong enough to bring a lot out of what we do get to see from women in this movie. And Catherine Ross, man, I she, feel like I know so much about that character, and she has like 25 lines. She does a lot. She does well, a lot with what she's that's doing. That's another point I wanted to make or question I wanted to pose, which is if you take out her character... How different is the movie? I think it would be a bit tonally different, but I don't think, like, story-wise, she doesn't do a lot, a lot to actually affect the progression of the story. So, it's, well, I, I think her main function, I mean, if we were to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the main thing that she does in the movie that no one else could do, because she shoots that one time, but Butch and Sundance can shoot. They didn't need her to do that. Mm-hmm. The one thing she can do is teach. And that is something they cannot do. And she has the knowledge to teach them Spanish. But when she tries to do that, they're like, we don't care. Yeah. So it's like, well, she also robs the bank in Bolivia in the most, the least violent way. Like, right. And right. it's That's so true. not violent. So they dress up super fancy, Sundance and Etta dress up all posh and then walk into a bank. It's a good con. She poses as the concerned wife. This is all music. You don't hear any dialogue right. for this. Right. But you can tell that she is posing as like the concerned wife that doesn't want to put her, her jewels in an unsafe bank. And mm-hmm. the manager overhears and is completely sweet and loaded by her, brings them down past all the bank employees, down to the vault, goes into the safe and opens 
ends the safe for them to show them how safe it is. Mm -hmm. And that's when the gun comes out. And he just kind of puts his hands up. She takes all the money out of the safe. Sundance locks him behind the gates. Mm -hmm. And he reaches out to hand something. I think it's a little jewel that she left behind. (laughs) Like he reaches through the bars and then smiles and puts his hands back up. And like her laugh when she's leaving is just one of those like... It's a, it's just a great scene. Like, it's such mm-hmm. a fun performance to watch because you know, like, she left for some kind of adventure and to be a part of something, and right. she's, like, in it. She's she totally it. doing yeah. it. I don't think you can take her out of this movie. She's its axis. Like, they are spinning out, trying to figure out where they land. Like, yeah. she's the gravity that holds them to life in general. They don't mm-hmm. have a lot. They don't love this life. Like, the love and what they enjoy is, like, when they get to take trips together, when they're to, you know, it's, I think it's a story about three people and I don't think you can remove any one of the three, mm-hmm. even though they do make all the decisions. But men were the only ones allowed to carry money and shit. You could, mm-hmm. like, it was, yeah. I don't think it would be accurate to say that she's the one who's going to be the boss because that's not the three of them anyway. And I don't think that was women at the time. But I can't imagine it without her. Mm-hmm. Where would Sundance go? You know, when. That's like, yeah, I, I think how would Butch know where he was gonna be? Like, why but, would the memories they share matter mm-hmm. beyond because yeah. it's not like they're just one in the hole in the wall gang, like they're bonded right. beyond just being buddies. But then, it, that my where that stops for me is like, mm-hmm. well, then is she just there to give the male characters more depth? And like, is yes. she there to right? Like, yeah, I think that's true. I think that is her purpose to, yeah, right? And and so the balance between her providing them with depth and sensitivity and them providing her with that is not, you know, right. I don't think you can take her out, but I I don't think Mm -hmm. that she's, I don't think that she's an equal player. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Otherwise she would be in the title. Uh, You're (laughs) right. I don't want to, I don't want to believe that, uh, but I'm filling in. I can spin a web around this movie that suggests that. And I want to, so I do, but you're totally Right. right. I mean, I don't know. Like we could, like, more could have been done to give her a more crucial role or mm-hmm. to just be like, hey, well, why not, like, you were using this method of robbing banks. What if, like, what if it was her idea to, like, let's pose as a, a married couple and, mm-hmm. like, something like that. Like, I don't, I just wish that we would have seen right. her Which, making I mean, well, more that's important in, decisions or yeah. contributing more to the story. Even if they had taken a little interest in Spanish. I was like, oh, well, yeah. she, she had that yeah. a little bit. I mean, but he did. Well, he, he wrote did a for cheat a sheet. There. He couldn't he even. Yeah, I don't know. He I'm did cheat. Like, <laughs> classic Butch. They also don't read great. Like it takes them a long time That's to read a newspaper true. article, and they That's still have to ask her to say it out loud for exposition. And also because they can't. They cannot read. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. Man, don't date an illiterate. Have some. Sta- I mean, how many options handsome. did you have? He's handsome, but this was like you know they, you, we were building houses out of sticks. You know in who the, could in read for sure? Woodcock. Woodcock could definitely Woodcock read. Woodcock loved books. What if she goes home Book and marries Woodcock? <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> His arms healed. They b- both love Butch and Sundance. You remember what Woodcock said. Listen, yeah. if it was my money, there's nobody I'd rather have steal it. He's uh-huh. literally They were fan. both charmed. I love him. <laughs> Woodcock, I hope you and Ed have found each other. I, I think, yeah, he would be. that's a man who would listen to a woman, you know? Right, and like, he, he, He's Woodcock, a beta. He's a beta man. goes down on you for an entire <laughs> episode of Woodcock was the only man in that town that knew where the clitoris was for he sure. He totally did. <laughs> for sure. And like, 
Wooden I mean, with a name like Woodcock, how could you not? That's, that's just the plot. That's how a could very you? Splinters. Splinters. <laughs> Glasscock. You look for a man named Glasscock. Glasscock. And then just hope he doesn't go too hard. <laughs> or you're obliterated. <laughs> Woodcock, too. Woodcock. That's we true. We the fires. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to make up a name called Skincock, and that would be the best. (laughs) Human Fleshcock. (laughs) I am Mrs. Human Fleshcock. Perfect. I would. I married into the human flesh cocks. <laughs> oh, the human flesh cocks from Connecticut? Oh, no. We're the New Hampshire human flesh cocks. Are you the Boston Dawsons? No, the Chippewa Falls Dawsons. Chippewa Falls Dawsons, actually. And you're just like, ugh. <laughs> I know what ice fishing is. You're going to go down with this ship, aren't you, ladies? Uh, I'll see love myself. It. I'll, I'll see myself. I'll be goddamn. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Does anyone have any final thoughts about the movie? <laughs> Thanks um, for doing this one. I know it's weird. I, I like what you said about gray area. I think that's true. I think I think that that is what's interesting about talking about this movie. Yeah. I love it, but I know that I'm shining a light on it and I want to see it from a certain perspective. But I think it is a worthy watch and I think if you're curious about a movie, especially from a time when uh, from a different time uh about a different time uh where women have a little bit more complexity or control or are allowed to have a life that's different from a cookie cutter i think mm-hmm. this is a good exploration of that and it's watching an actress really make the most yeah. a, a different performance would have made this character insufferably bad mm-hmm. but her reserve mm-hmm. and her face and how much sadness and hope and right unstaking herself like you see her do it i just think it's uh her performance stands up with in fact there's something to be said for having less on the page and getting just as much out of a character as two big name highly paid actors that are given all the screen time in your movie you know i think you can't take her out of that story but i think that's a lot because of what Catherine Ross brought to the table. Mm-hmm. I keep worrying I'm saying her name wrong. Or saying the wrong name. <laughs> she's Catherine Ross, another one of my middle names. It's weird. Scottish, <laughs> Scottish people are weird. Wait, you have Ross. Ka- Caitlin and Caitlin Ross Gill is the name on my thing. What? Agnes Colbert Ross. It's just a bunch of old lady names stuffed in <laughs> my name for some <laughs> reason that has to do with a crest with a fucking lion on it. I don't know. Scots are oh. weird. Uh, love wow. a good crest. <laughs> love a good crest. I just got the one. The that's, one crest? That's good. The one, no. Oh, um, I don't know. We're Irish. We probably have a crest somewhere. Mm. Uh, I wanted, I have two final points I would like to Please. share. One is whenever Sundance, early on in the movie, they get to the brothel and Butch is, you know, smooching a lady, a, a prostitute mm-hmm. that he has. Uh, a sex worker? He, right. I don't know what's appropriate. Do you use the term that was appropriate at the time or do you use the term that is appropriate now? I don't What's know. To be safe? I don't know what the bar She's is. A sex She's a sex worker. She's a sex I, worker. Man, women in that and, era. Hats yeah. off. Right. Yeah. So they're canoodling. But, hats on. You know, but like condom. <laughs> Sorry, they're canoodling. <laughs> and Sundance, he stands up and he's like, I'm going to go find myself a woman. And I'm not oh, picky. Yes. As long as she's Weird smart. smart. Pretty, pretty, sweet, and gentle, and tender, and refined. Did anyone just find themselves slowly raising their hand (laughs) as he made that speech? But I would just like to point out that the first thing he said is smart. smart. So I want to have sex with this movie. (laughs) I want to get this movie erect, and I want it to be inside my body. I even, I mean, I'll do it as a lady. I want to eat this movie out. (laughs) See, that's how I feel about Spider-Man too. 
<laughs> yeah, people sure. I want to. I want to. <laughs> With the octopus things and the tentacles. I want to oh, fuck the claws. No. <laughs> Put the claw inside me. Uh, I'll suffer the consequences. They I know the claws get daggers mad. In the, the, claws. the claws get mad, but <laughs> I'll take my chances. The other point I want to make is that while you pointed out women of this era that the movie is set in couldn't own land or, you know, do much of anything, vote anything. But you know what else you weren't allowed to do? Rob banks. And that's what Butch and Sundance do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you could have written a character where she was like, I don't know, just more being a badass or doing things that she mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't proper to, for her to do because the guys were okay to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just some food for thought. But who am I to say? I feel you. <laughs> yeah, you're just a dumb lady. <laughs> I'm just a dumb lady with a small brain. I mean, I want to, yeah, I want to think of her as more than like the board teacher who takes a pole dancing class to feel interesting. <laughs> and no shade on you, girl. Hit that pole. It's a fun class. It's a great workout. You're going to look great. You just but... described three of my cousins. <laughs> so wild. Oh, I'm thinking of people that I love and care about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's like, like there's folks who get kind of trapped into a life and wish they could have something more exciting. And there's people who are perfectly happy and don't want any more excitement. Right. And then we all know weirdos who live on the edge all the time and have never been trapped in any kind of normal life. Uh, and good for them. Good right? on them. Mm-hmm. Think she's one in the middle. I gotta be. A li- I mean, I, I gotta be a little bit boring. There's parts in my life where I'm like, we're gonna keep this boring as fuck. Oh, on paper, <laughs> I am so exciting. In reality, I am a walking Netflix queue. Right. I am a sentient. <laughs> I, am a, I am a couch in motion sometimes. <laughs> a couch with a pulse. Yeah, yeah. So we, as we have mentioned, the movie does not pass the Bechdel test. No, doesn't even it come sure close. Not there's, even close. There's no close calls to discuss. Again, nope. Only three characters, though, for real. I, I right. keep over it. Like, there is a central female character that could have been more, but what, I there's, would not describe her as less than. There are, mm-hmm. I mean, there are two. But no, it doesn't pass the Bechdel At least two scenes where it's like, okay, we are, we're at a brothel, but we are in a room full of women. Yeah, give us a, give us a throwaway. But yeah. it doesn't happen. No. What'd you have for dinner? Roast beef. And this was what, my name's J- and cock, <laughs> <laughs> but then it wouldn't pass the test because they're talking about a man. Right, so, so minus that line, and then chance. and then she's like, "What's your name again, Jenny? What's yours? I'm Suzanne." And then that it's would pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> the thing is, if well, we, this, every time we have to write a Bechdel scene into a movie, it's very boring. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, has to be I with characters, Jane. like that have actual character. That's, right. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, in a world. But this was written by William Goldman, right? Yes. who was mentor to Aaron Sorkin. Mm. So we can watch the long finger of the inability to write women who can relate to each other stretch into the modern day. Oh, yes. Like so many women who do so well with being on par with men like a CJ Craig or whatever but when you when it gets down to like two women doing two women things that is like a that's when the girls go to the bathroom together we that's, don't know what they're doing in yeah. there <laughs> uh, oh, Aaron Sorkin does blow punches a mirror um, what a chode <laughs> I'm writing here <laughs> he's dying up there man dying up there <laughs> uh, well William Goldman also wrote The Princess Bride oh, which yeah. we it's also spectacularly fails the Bechdel test yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. that's yeah so. And has definitely, a, yeah, I should listen to that one because I'm sure you said all the things that I'm about to say now. Yeah. I do like the cast, but I haven't listened to that one. That movie makes oh. me sad and it really scared me when I was a kid. So I'm there weird is. about oh. it. 
What? That was another um, one that I just the did. rack, man. <gasps> it's like seven or something when that came out in the mm-hmm. theater. Like, no, you're tearing. I didn't like it. <laughs> also, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Anyway, now we're going into Ooh, those. Ooh, that's a fun so, one. I saw those way too early. Let's, uh, Antonio Banderas Zorro was the first movie that really scared me. That was a good one. I also got scared in Crocodile Dundee. So <laughs> don't use me as a judge. Lots of scary summer movies we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Garfield uh, Halloween special what? gave me nightmares for months. That's real. That's real. Let's get back on track and rate the movie with our nipple scale, yes. our scale of zero to five nipples, where we rate the movie based on its portrayal of women. I'm going to give it a, oh God, you brought up some interesting points that I, cause I was going to give it like a one yeah. nipple. And then I was like, well, you know, she does have a tiny smidge of agency whereby she's like, I make mm-hmm. this choice cause I want excitement. But I just, it's so frustrating to see her treated so poorly by her boyfriend. And even though there's subtext to the things he's saying, he still rarely, if ever, actually comes out and says, like, mm-hmm. I love you, I cherish you, I, I appreciate you. So it's frustrating to just see her constantly be treated poorly by the man who's supposed to love her. So I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with the one as much as I really like this movie. I just, there could have, it just could have been better. Mm -hmm. Who are you giving the nipple to? The nipple belongs, oh, maybe I should give it two nipples just so Paul Newman can have one and Robert Redford can have one. And they can touch and then I'll be in his life. Okay, here's, here's what it is. It's one nipple, but... It's a hybrid between Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Whoa, I do kind of want that. I didn't think I did, but I bet one half is scary. It's like hairier. Yeah, Ooh, Ooh, yeah, for some, sure. But like whose? Who? We don't know. One. We don't know. We'll have and to watch other movies to find out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cool Hand Luke reveals a lot about Paul Newman's blood pills. Oh, yeah, you do. You see his, after he eats all the eggs, he's shirtless and he's like, he's got that bulging stomach. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a hybrid between the two of their nipples and it's the most perfect nipple to have ever nippled, <laughs> grazed the planet Earth. The most perfect nipple to never drip a drop. <laughs> can, men can lactate. They don't. Really? I think so. I have a lot to learn. I only know, the I only thing I know about Nipples is that cats have eight of them. <laughs> this has been Cat Facts with Caitlin. Hey, hey Siri, can men lactate? My web search turns something up for can man lactate. Have a look. Strange but true, males can lactate. The Scientific American. Hmm. That's a, a credible source. Get me one of those. <laughs> I want to milk my boyfriend. What do you think's in the middle of Numino's? <laughs> what do you think's in those salad dressing bottles? <laughs> Milk of Newman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Uh, who else wants to rate the oh. movie? I'll give it a one and a half because, uh, Caitlin, you sold me on a lot of points about Edda that I hadn't Which thought about Caitlin? before. Which Caitlin? Grow up. There's <laughs> other Caitlin. I'm other Caitlin. <laughs> but there was a lot that I hadn't thought about that sort of made me think of Edda in a different way. And then the rest of the nipples are just like... This is not a women's story. There's not a lot of women included in it, which happens. Get it. Especially in 1969, it happens a lot. But as usual, all the B character women we see, we could have gotten way more interesting, Mm -hmm. better mileage out of. And that is, you know, failed to do so. And when women are there, they're either there as A, a joke, or B, to to deliver some exposition. Yeah. Every line that Fanny has, the one woman who is not fucked. (laughs) 
is to give information to Butch or Sundance. So that, you know, not something we've never encountered. One and a half nipples, I'm giving, I'm giving them to Woodcock. Like Woodcock. It. Yeah. He, I'm sorry, you mean human flashcock? He for sure lactates. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up every morning <laughs> bulging with milk. <laughs> <laughs> and has to like pump. Never has like, to go to the store to eat cereal. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just shakes himself around. Woodcock. <laughs> oh, Anyways. Oh, it's a great actor whose name I forget, but it's in a, he's in a million things. He's in a lot of stuff? Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. He's in, I feel like he's in Blazing Saddles, too. Uh, I'm not going to get mm-hmm. that name. But I will tell you that I would give it three nipples. Okay. Um, less than what I want, because when I look at it the way I want to, not acknowledging all the very accurate things you have said about like the, the structure of the film and what role women serve in the narrative of the film. I appreciate that uh, they're not doing lip service to, like... There's no easy lady in this movie. There's no lady that's like shows that this era was like fun or exciting. It it all looks pretty bleak for women. Yeah. But there is a lot more we could have done with those characters. I just think that Edda is a very interesting look at, I don't know, what it was like to be a woman in that time. And also sort of a timeless look at what it's like to be in love with complicated people and what love looks like and how many weird shapes and forms it takes and... It's an interesting look. She's an amazing character. And we've talked a lot about it. For a movie with like that deserves one nipple, there's a lot to say about the women in this movie and, and what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to give it three, and I will hand them out uh, to the three in the triad. So everybody has a nipple to lick on. <laughs> a single nip. Yeah. That woman who's like, I'm a, a grandmother and a female, and I know my rights. I just want to know what rights she thinks she has. Exactly. <laughs> what right? Yeah, you have the right to yell at a man. That's essentially, and he has the legal right to hit you. So yeah. let's not forget his rights, because yeah. they are longer. Are that list is longer. Sorry. I will say that I think there are women in movies that have a lot more screen time, a lot more lines, and a lot more kind of to do, even with a plot, that are a far worse portrayal of women and femininity. Like, I think her screen time is not points against her. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. I'm defending it like, come on! (laughs) It's good! It's good! Change! (laughs) I think my hybrid nipple counts for two nipples, so let's go with that. I don't need Um, to twist anybody's arm. You're right. Well, Caitlin Gill, thank you so much for being here. It's been a a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. I'm going to go get... It's 7-Eleven, guys. I'm going to go get a free slurpee time. Slurpee time. Slurp, 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 It's like what you said about going down on the movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. I want to eat this movie out. And that's what it's going to sound I like. I want to pour it like cool, like like warm, not hot. I want to pour like movie butter on it. You know, movie popcorn mm, butter. Sure. And I want to eat that movie's box. Mm. Okay, good. Very good. That movie would be so lucky. <laughs> hey, I mean, ask my girlfriend. I can't. Yeah. yeah, that was gross. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Oh, God. You can find me at Robot Caitlin on Twitter, at Caitlin Estalis on Instagram. Uh, and also uh, upcoming performances include, but are not limited to, yes. uh, the... Uh, what is the name of that goddamn festival I'm doing? Pickathon. Pickathon. Thank you. You'd think I'd know, uh, but I'm a woman and my brain's soft. Pickathon uh, in Portland, August 5th, and then uh, later in August I'll be in Denver for the, for the High Plains Comedy Festival, and I'm excited about both of those. Hell Excellent. yeah. 
you can find us on the web as well. Hey, I've got, I realize I've got some dates coming out in early August too. Please Heck share. Yes. Yeah, you want to, hey, you live in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Do you? Interesting choice. Uh, <laughs> you can see me at Let's Fest on uh, August 4th and 5th. I'll be out there and I'm going, uh, I'm going to Detroit, going to Fargo, North Dakota, going up to Winnipeg at some point. I don't have the it in front of me because my calendar makes no sense and is mostly typos. But you weren't going to write it down anyway, so you go the, find it online. For crying out loud, you figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> Come to Fort Wayne. That's the only place I know I can remember. <laughs> hey, and we are doing a live episode of the Bechtel cast Hell yeah. for the Cinderblock Comedy Festival on what? September 9th. So you can see us live there if you live in Brooklyn or somewhere nearby. And you can follow us at Bechtelcast on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you like us and you want to see us struggle financially less. <laughs> oh, I was like, they love to see us struggle financially. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't love that and you want to give us some money, we have a PayPal account. And I know that PayPal is an evil corporation and it funds Trump. And Oh, honey, what isn't? Uh, right. True. We've got to live. You can <laughs> write us a check and send it to me by mail if you don't want to go through PayPal. But but your checks are coming from a bank that's just, you know, there's no winning. We need money right now. Right. <laughs> Whatever is the easiest way to give us your money, use it. I won't judge you. But we do have a PayPal account. So if you go to paypal.me slash Bechtelcast, if you like our podcast and you want to just throw us a few dollars, we'd appreciate it. That would be super. Otherwise, giddy up. Because that's a cowboy thing to say. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.